Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Extra Time of Liam Horobin presented by Betway. Please play responsibly. Betway is a proud sponsor of the 90th Minute, not only my podcast, but kicked back with Caroline and then Sunday League Pundits, which just released a new podcast. So they are back up and running over on the Sunday League Pundits. I've been doing a lot of FIFA content recently, but I know Waz especially wanted to get his voice out there a little bit more. And the other week we had Waz on the show and I thought it was a, a very good episode. He's He's got some good takes. He's uh, He's got some personality, Waz. I do enjoy working with Mr. Wozniak. He is... Uh, He's a joy to be around, to say the least. So they got a new episode. Caroline has a new episode this week too, so go check those out. But of course, you got to listen to this one first before you can go listen to everybody else's. Today, we're going to focus on two topics. The main one we'll get to shortly, which will be just the fact that like everybody in the Premier League just is getting sacked at the moment, to be honest. We obviously just saw Graham Potter go from Chelsea Brendan Rodgers is gone from Leicester. Antonio Conte is now left as well from Tottenham, which felt inevitable. Even when he got sacked, it felt like it lasted maybe a week too long. So they're all gone. Lots and lots of new faces across the Premier League this season. I can't really remember a season where this many managers have been sacked before. I think they're up to 11 now. Let's go through the list quickly here as I as I pull it up. But obviously we've got Graham Potter... Brendan Rodgers, Antonio Conte, the three we've just mentioned. Scott Parker's another one. He was the first casualty of the season. I'm just pulling it up here now. Scott Parker was one. Thomas Tuchel, Bruno Lage, Steven Gerrard, Ralph Hasselhutl. I'm so bad at pronouncing his name, but you know what I mean. The Southampton boss. Frank Lampard, who's now back in managerial position in the Premier League. We'll get into that as well. Jesse Marsh, Nathan Jones from Southampton, Patrick Vieira from Crystal Palace, and of course, the three I mentioned in Antonio Conte, Brendan Rodgers, and Graham Potter. So that puts us at a grand total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Madness, really, is an absolute madness. Obviously, Graham Potter left Brighton to go to Chelsea as well. So that there has been. 13 different managerial changes. I think that's the way you would word it, right? Something like that in the Premier League this season, which is just remarkable to think about. Let's have a quick peek and see what went down last season. Obviously, the big one being Ole Gunnar Solskjaer left Manchester United. So here we go. To start the season, 
there was some managers that left, like Roy Hodgson left out of contract, funnily enough, back in management now. Nuno from Wolves, Carlo Ancelotti went from Everton to Real Madrid. That can't be right. Oh, there you have it. He did. He went from Real Madrid. That's hilarious. Uh, Ryan Mason's caretaker spell ended too. So who do we got here? Cisco Munoz from Watford. Kind of forgot he was in charge, to be honest. Car- Claudio Ranieri, the Premier League winner with Leicester, the miracle man, got the job there. Steve Bruce left Newcastle. Nuno Santo left Tottenham. Daniel Falk. I think that's how you say his name. From Norwich left. Dean Smith was sacked. So where are we at now? That's five before Christmas. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer joined the list on the 21st of November. Rafael Benitez. Claudio Ranieri got sacked as well. And then Bielsa and Sean Dice. So that puts us at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's only a shade off what the Premier League has done this season. Is you know the thing with the Premier League is the standards are too almost too high, which I know sounds kind of wild, but it's there's too much expectation, I think, is a, is a big part of it all. You're either in the Champions League and chasing for Europe, or you're essentially in a relegation spot this season, or you're battling against it at least, right? So it's it's just amazing. Like the standard now for the league is through the roof. There's just so much money that has to be tossed into these teams and three teams get relegated, obviously. And then they just go into all this financial trouble. It's just crazy. So right now, the bottom half of the table, Crystal Palace have 30 points. 18th is Bournemouth with 27. So one win and Bournemouth can climb to 12th in the table. And I think a big reason why all these managers are getting sacked Additionally, is the fact of like, okay, well, if we can get some momentum in these last seven games here, there's 29, nine games, sorry, they're at 29 games a season, they play 38. If we can get some momentum going, then we're right out of it. We're in mid-table, and it looks like a decent finish, really, but it's very interesting. So if you look at the bottom half of the standings now, like I said, Crystal Palace, we're not going to go higher. Like Chelsea obviously sacked Graham Potter this week, but they're in 39th. Their issue obviously isn't getting relegated. It's the, relegated sorry, It's the fact that they are almost, what's that, 11 points off Tottenham in 5th, plus 3, 11 plus 3, 14. They're 14 points off Manchester United in a Champions League spot. For the standards of Chelsea Football Club, that's simply not good enough. But I do want to talk about Chelsea a little bit later on, so we'll just stick to this now. So Crystal Palace changed their manager. Obviously, Patrick Vieira's gone. Roy Hodgson. Leeds have now changed their manager. Jesse Marsh is gone. Wolves have changed their manager this season. West Ham are staying put with David Moyes, which is interesting. Everton have changed from Frank Lampard and gone with a more veteran approach in Sean Dyche. They're out of a relegation spot. They've been doing a little bit better. They're getting results which is what's important doesn't matter if you win or draw as long as you get something nottingham forest i know there's been some kind of rumors around steve cooper this season too if he'll kind of go or if he'll if he'll uh if he'll stay with forest he's actually had a pretty good season i mean i get it like forest has added a lot of pieces and people were talking about them at the start of the season being like too many new faces to bring in, I think they brought in 20, over 20 players for sure. I can't think of the exact number, but it's hard to bring in all those players. And 
get everything going at the same time, but they've had good spells this season. It's obviously not perfect being on the same amount of points as Bournemouth in 18th, but if the Premier League season ended today, Nottingham Forest would not be in the championship next season, which is what the ultimate goal is. I can't imagine when, do you know when you play FIFA or football manager and you have to set a accomplishment to hit that season? Typically, if you're a Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, whoever it may be, one of those top clubs, it's win the Premier League. That is your ambition for the year. Sometimes it's finished top four, whatever. If you're a newly promoted team, it's fight against relegation and avoid it. So I would imagine Nottingham Forest, that was their achievement this season. And right now, they're achieving that goal. It was going to be a difficult season, but for Steve Cooper to get sacked, I just think that's not a very smart idea for Nottingham Forest at the moment. I understand, like I just said, there's only a few games left. If you can get some momentum behind a new manager, then maybe you can climb up the table a little bit. Or maybe the guys in the dressing room right now can rally behind that a little bit more and then... See what you have there. So you have Bournemouth in 27th. Obviously changed their manager very early in the season. Gone with a young guy in Gary O'Neill. The former Bolton Wanderers man, might I add. We'll get into Bolton in a little bit here too. I got some things I want to say. Some good things. Leicester obviously changed their manager as well. And then also Southampton changed their manager early in the season. Not once, but twice. So there you go. The bottom half of the table, obviously all know they've they've got to do, shake something up to get it going. Forrest and West Ham sticking with their guns, which quite frankly, I think is the right thing to do. I'm trying to remember this, but when David Moyes was the manager of Everton, I am positive there was a time when Everton were like challenging for top four, top five, like they did for most seasons. And then one season they were really, really low and we're fighting against relegation for a long time. Ironically, it might have been the year after they got into the Champions League when they had James Beattie on the squad and Tim Cale, those kind of players. And Everton stuck with it. And I know it's a different it's a different Premier League now, right? Obviously, the standards are much higher because teams have to invest so much more money into these clubs and it's very difficult for the ownership and I, I see it from both sides in the sense of owners have to think about their own pockets and be like well we have to stay in the premiership because if we don't stay in the premiership we're going to go into the championship we're going to lose half our players it's going to be so it's so so difficult to get out of the championship and the football league in general as teams like obviously Bolton who have been down in the football league now for I think 10 years maybe not that long but around there Portsmouth, Blackburn, there's so many teams. Watford come up and down every year. So I think it's important to sometimes stick to managers. I can't find that um, David Moyes. But another thing to consider for West Ham too is they are in the Europa Conference League still. They're probably the strongest team left. Let me take a quick peek at that too. But they've got a really good chance of winning a trophy if this all goes well. There's obviously still some good teams left, but I'd put my money on West Ham to to kind of get it done here. They got AZ Altmar, 
There's Basel, Nice, Fiorentina, Andelect. They play Ghent in the next round in the quarterfinals leg. And then I believe the semifinal draw, it was made. I just don't have it in front of me right now. But they got a really good opportunity, which we'll see next week. And if they can get that done and advance and get a European trophy, which would be huge for this team. I think if West Ham, if you're a West Ham fan, let me know. But I'm curious about this. If you finish 14th in the Premiership, but you get a Europa Conference League trophy, is your your season's a success, right? Come away with a trophy, a European trophy, with, you know, Rome won this trophy last year. That means you get into the Europa League next season, probably get a few more players. West Ham have a good squad. I think they're obviously in a, a tough spot that they don't want to be in, but it's interesting. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So the big thing that went down, obviously, was Graham Potter getting sacked. Out of all these guys, Conte, I think, was very obvious that one was coming. And Brendan Rodgers was kind of surprising I suppose in a couple of ways, but also not considering Leicester and 19th in the league at the moment. Yeah, maybe a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, but I'll talk about them too shortly. But for for Graham Potter, there's a few things here. Was this fair? Now, it's not gone well for Graham Potter at Chelsea. There's no doubt in that. Obviously, they've had some success in the Champions League, just knocking off Borussia Dortmund. They've got Real Madrid next, which kind of get more difficult than that. I don't think it truly does. So <laughs> that's a difficult one. But obviously, Graham Potter is a, a very, very good manager. You can call him what you want, but it has been difficult with Chelsea. I get it. And the standards are high. 12 wins this in a, since September 8th when he was hired. Eight draws, 11 losses for a win percentage of 38%, which funnily enough, if you believe it, was a better win percentage than what he had at Brighton 
at Brighton, he had a 31 win percent with 42 wins and 135 games, 46 draws and 47 losses. Now, obviously, when you're at Brighton, the standards are not as high as Chelsea. There's never, you. I guarantee you, Graham Potter never went into the owner's office or the chairman, whoever was kind of his boss at Brighton, and they sat him down and said, Graham, we want you to win the premiership this season. And Graham Potter would have probably looked at them and, and been like, oh, okay, well, seems like a tough order, but we'll see. But when you go to Chelsea, that's the standard, right? You want to win, and especially with the amount of money that was spent this season. I don't have the exact toll, but obviously, I think, what was it, like 600 million or something crazy like that? So, tough position for him to be in. From a Chelsea standpoint, I get it, and I don't get it, in the sense of, what did you almost expect? If you're asking a manager to come in and you sign all these new players in January alone, never mind what happened in September, and I don't know how much influence Potter maybe had on some of the transfers too. Obviously a new manager wants to come in and bring in their guys, but you bring in all these players and then there's all these, you see all these pictures online of like Chelsea squad could make three starting 11s and it would beat most teams in the premier league. That's not always a great thing. Cause then you have so many, so many mouths to feed and so few games to get everyone involved. And it just seems like a disaster. And from the ownership perspective, you obviously want to see results, but it kind of gets to a point in the season where you're like, well, there's, the only way is up for Chelsea from here, really. They're probably not going to fall any lower than 11th, obviously. The goal now should be how far can we go in the Champions League and they're not making the Champions League in the Premiership. The only way they're getting there at the moment is by winning the competition as a whole, which is, like I said, a tough, tough order. Now, I think a good question is, what is next for Graham Potter? Because I think his his image has been garnished a little bit in the sense of, like he was linked with all the massive jobs in, in England. He was even linked with the England job at one point before Gareth Southgate decided he was coming back. And now obviously, where's he going to go? We have seen managers like him before. Like obviously David Moyes didn't have a good time at United. Ended up going to Spain to manage Real Sociedad. There's also Brendan Rodgers, I think is a decent example of this too, of managing Liverpool and then having to go manage in Scotland for a bit. But I think it's just very narrow-minded in the sense of like Graham Potter is a very good manager with teams who don't necessarily have a ton of money like Brighton. And you kind of have to get the best out of every single player. You have a bit of a, a smaller squad. This Chelsea job was almost the complete opposite of what he was good at, which is something on Chelsea that they should have probably realized that maybe this guy isn't the best man for the job. And at the time, it's, it's easy to say that now, obviously, but at the time... Everyone wanted him, but yeah, when you look back at it now, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't the best. So anyways, Frank Lampard comes in, his named as his replacement. There was all these massive names linked to him, like Luis Enrique, uh, Nagelsmann, I believe is how you say his name. And I do like that Chelsea went with the approach of kind of what I just said is like, what is this season now? This season is essentially done for them in the Premier League. You can't, you best you could do is probably sneak into a Europa Conference League spot. If you started rallying some wins together to get into that, that would be seventh where Aston Villa currently sit. 
with 39 points, which is Chelsea and Villa are 44. So you're only five points away from that. A couple of wins, a couple of rallies around the new manager. Maybe you can get into that spot, but it's not an easy one. But anyway, Frank Lampard is in. Again, weird, but I get it. I understand the decision to go with Frank Lampard. And I do think this was a decision for the ownership that was like, we got to get the fans back on our side here because otherwise things might get very, very ugly. And by hiring Frank Lampard, who was sacked, and who actually did not as bad as a job as people make it out to be at Chelsea. By getting Frank Lampard, you win the fans back over a little bit. You have a a huge, huge legend, not only of... Chelsea but honestly the Premier League and just English football as a whole like the only man who really is more Chelsea than Frank Lampard is John Terry who apparently there was some rumors around like he could come and help him be an assistant coach on the team and kind of get through that with him which John Terry has been coaching recently so I know he's with Villa most recently I believe I'm not sure where he is at right now but anyway Lampard when he was at Chelsea had a 52 percent win percentage which is more than graham potter 44 wins 17 losses uh, sorry 17 draws 23 losses in 84 games obviously you got to look most recently when he was at everton 27 percent win percentage so 12 wins in 44 games by the way so not great everton i guess to look on that there was missing some players things weren't going great like dominic calvert lewin barely played for him i believe so just not ideal and they obviously spent a decent amount of money too and i think everton at the time just needed to bring in more of a, a pro like sean dice and not a just in a bad spot right if you have such a, an amateur manager in the sense of not that lampard's an amateur but just experience wise right so you go to chelsea the season he was sacked they were first at one point and i think the thing that worked so well for him at chelsea was not the pressure that Graham Potter had to be put under because they didn't spend any money because they had the transfer embargo, which then allowed him to play a lot of young players, which I think is what has not only benefited Chelsea, but also the England national team. Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount probably wouldn't have got as much of a Premier League opportunity under many other managers that Chelsea could have hired in that period than what Lampard gave to them. So that was big. There's also Tariq Lafferty, Lafferty got a chance. Billy Gilmore, I believe, was another player coming through at that point. Um, who was the other one? Tamore, who's now turned into one of the best defenders in Syria and probably the world. Maybe that's too soon to say, but soon he will be. There was a there was a ton of players that came through, but there was also the relationship that Kepa, like with Kepa, that didn't work out. The whole thing of like he wouldn't come off in the um in the Caribou Cup final. So it's interesting, but Lampard understands it from a player's perspective. He's played at a high level, obviously. He's played at Chelsea. He understands the expectations. And I think for him, it's kind of something that was an opportunity. How can you turn that down? You just simply cannot if you're Frank Lampard. And I do think it will, I think it will go well, to be honest, under Lampard, because to be honest, it can't go any worse. But Champions League is obviously going to be difficult. But let's not forget, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got Manchester United to beat PSG in Paris. Crazy things have happened. Roberto Di Matteo also won the Champions League, I believe, with Chelsea when he was uh, 
caretaker manager there. So hopefully this is kind of something that helps out Frank Lampard a little bit too, because he is a, I think he's a good guy. And I think it's, it's good to have those minds of football around. I'm not saying Lampard's a, this great tactician or anything like that, but he's someone that knows his way around the game and has had success. And that does mean something at the end of the day. So we've obviously talked a lot about these seconds and everything. So one thing I wanted to do before we move on to a smaller topic, but massive in my heart, was I wanted to quickly go through and power rank the manager seconds this season. So 13th, oh, sorry, what, what did we say there was? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's 12. So we've got 12 to 1, 12 being the... Yes, you deserve to get sacked because you were rubbish. One being, ah, maybe you should have waited that one out a little bit. So 20, that's 20. I said 20 because that's why they were when he got sacked. Nathan Jones from Southampton, just what a disaster to put it. Honestly, they, I believe they were in 17th or 18th when he got there. When he left, they were in 20th. They're still in 20th now. Interviews were great. A lot of different flavor there. So, but when you come out as a manager and what, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was essentially like, I can't do this. And it was like, okay, well, you're getting paid a lot of money to go and do this, buddy. So uh, figure it out. So Nathan Jones, it's nice to see Luton still doing well though in the, in the championship, which is obviously where he came from and had a ton of success. And I ended the hire at the time I thought was uh fairly good one i mean why would you not want this young manager that could come through and grow with your young team which we'll get into as well in a second but luton millwall this weekend which is a big one it's not loading for me you really hate to see it but oh we got it millwall uh, luton currently in fourth in the championship six points behind sheffield went united you have a game in hand with 73 points luton at 67 with 39 games played so there you go. Nathan Jones is the first on our list. Right after Nathan Jones, Antonio Conte with Tottenham. I cannot believe Tottenham is in fourth place this season. That is crazy. But that whole Conte fiasco was a disaster. And I know he had some personal stuff he was dealing with, which is just a difficult thing to go through for anyone, especially when you have the stress of being a football manager as well. So... Antonio Conte comes in right behind Nathan Jones. He did leave them in fourth, but nobody was playing well on that team. Nobody. It was Harry Kane versus the world almost every single week. Son wasn't scoring anymore, and he was, there was no juices flowing. He bought all, He complained last season, didn't he, that the players weren't... What was it that he said? He basically said that the players weren't his, and he couldn't get them going, yada, yada, yada. So he went on and bought all these players. None of them ever play. So that's big. And then complain that the players weren't good enough again. It's like, well, buddy, you're the one who wanted these players and now it's not working for you. So that was a disaster. Another Premier League legend, England legend, you could say too. Coming in at number 10, Stevie G at Aston Villa. Now Aston Villa was 17th in the Premiership when Steven Gerrard got sacked there. And that squad was a that's a good, good squad. So many good players. Ollie Watkins is one that I love, but John McGinn's another one. There was also the whole thing of like Tyrone Mings getting the captaincy stripped, but still starting every week. It was just kind of, 
just odd. Obviously, Martinez won and won the World Cup with Argentina, but wasn't working out there. That squad was massively underachieving. Should have been challenging for European spots like where Brighton and Brentford have been most of the season. Obviously, now in seventh under Unai Emery. Having a, having a great season now. 13 wins, 5 draws, 11 losses. They're a good, good team, and I think there's going to be a lot of success for Villa in the next few years. Potentially even some European success since Unai Emery just loves to win the Europa League or the UEFA Cup in both cases. He is He's a master of it. Scott Parker's next. There's too many English managers on this list. I know Waz made a video about this on... Um, on the 90th minute TikTok, but boy, oh boy, there is a lot of English managers and English managers are better than they show. I think they just hire the wrong people, to be honest. So anyway, the first victim of the season, Scott Parker left Bournemouth in 17th, just got battered by Liverpool right before he got sacked. I think it was nine nil, maybe 10, 20, who knows? He lost track after a while, but yeah, a lot of complaining from Scott Parker. The club had no money and wasn't spending anything for him. And, just wasn't didn't seem like a good fit at all it felt like he just had no belief in the squad so Scott Parker was gone Gary O'Neill to his credit I know they're 18th at the moment but he's done a decent job he's done a decent job with them and Scott Parker got sacked again obviously with Club Bruges earlier this season after getting spanked in the Champions League by Benfica crazy I can't this is such a wild story, isn't it? Getting sacked from Bournemouth and going to the Champions League and Club Bruges. So there you go. Uh, Bruno Large is next. 18th with Wolves when he was sacked. That squad should have been better. They're obviously doing pretty well now. 14th in the Premier League. Granted, one point out of a relegation spot, but not bad, all things considered. It was crazy to only think that, what was it, two or three years ago now that Wolves played like 60 games in a season with all the cup competitions and the European competitions they were in. And to be honest, I can't believe they still have half the players they do because they got a talented squad. Obviously, Ruben Neves is the, the biggest name out there. And I think everyone wants him. So Bruno Lage, gone from Wolves. They were in 18th. They also just don't have a striker. They know they tried to... They well not tried. They got Diego Costa probably about six years too late. Is what it is. Frank Lampard is next with Everton. Left him in 19th. Injuries didn't help. Like I said, Dominic Calvin-Lewin wasn't there, but the squad just wasn't rallying. Obviously, they tried. They got Deli Alley, tried to get him going. Didn't work. Now Deli Alley's in Besiktas, in Turkey with Besiktas, and it's just a player you kind of hope to see one day, just figure it out. But I just got a feeling it might be a little bit too late for him. Graham Potter, right after Lampard, ironically enough, there's not a lot else to say. Bought too many players, but not the right players, I think, to, for everything. How do you spend that much money and still not have a striker? I'll never understand. I'll never understand, but maybe Frank Lampard will find some random academy player that he can turn into a Premier League scorer like he did with Tammy Abraham. The next one is one of the most recent seconds, too, in Brendan Rodgers with Leicester. 19th in the league when he left. Underachieved this season, but there's also the whole financial thing with Leicester where they rely a lot on their owners for money and how the King Power International, I believe it's called, is kind of running and he took a hit through COVID. I was reading some stuff about it and just not a lot of money in that club at the moment. I think he thought he was going to get a bit of a refresh over the summer. It didn't come. They obviously lost Kasper Schmeichel. But let's not forget with Brendan Rodgers that he won the FA Cup with Leicester. 
he got them into Champions League spots for the majority of the season and obviously dropped out, but finished higher than Arsenal and Tottenham one season too. So Brendan Rodgers accomplished a lot with Leicester. He is a fantastic manager. Did things get a little bit too stale? Maybe, but he also turned James Madison into one of the best players in the Premiership. People wanted him all over the England squad, Madison not being, and Brendan Rodgers played a massive part in that. So I, if I was a club looking for a manager this summer, I think Brendan Rodgers would be someone I look at massively as somebody who could come in and, and really make an impact. Maybe Leeds. Maybe Leeds wouldn't be a bad spot for him. Patrick Vieira is next on the list. Crystal Palace, they were in 12th, and I think the squad could have been a bit better, but they just lingered around that mid-table for a while now, right? So I think they just wanted to change things up. There was rumors that he was never on the training pitch, and not that players didn't like him, but they just didn't see him often enough. I, th- I think that's what the idea was around him. But I think Vincent Company, his former teammate at Man City, made a good point of... He just went through this gauntlet of games against some of the top teams in the league. Didn't do very well, obviously. Got the sack. But then coming up, it was a fairly easy way to end the season for Crystal Palace. But obviously, he's gone now. I think Patrick Vieira is a good manager. Maybe he'll get another job in the Premiership. But I don't think he cares where he manages. I don't think it has to be in the Premier League. He's obviously managed in France and the MLS before. So that could be good for him. Speaking of the USA, Jesse Marsh was the next one. I thought this one was really weird at the time. So these, I have two more left after Jesse Marsh. If you can guess, don't tell anyone. So Jesse Marsh, 17th from Leeds when they left. I thought this was a weird one too. It was right after the January transfer window. They just got Weston McKinney. They had this whole US identity around it. And I think Jesse Marsh kind of got hard done by, to be honest. I think his squad was being built to what he wanted. And I just don't know what the expectations are for some of these teams when you come up from the premiership. Do you just expect to have success like that Sheffield United had that one season and they got in uh, close to making Europe? Sorry, like it just doesn't work like that. And I think sometimes these man- these managers just need a bit more loyalty to them. So I'm going to put Jesse Marsh here. I do think he should still be the manager of Leeds. Coming in... The second, what how should we say this? The second un, most unfair hiring, firing, Ralph Hassan, Hassel, oh boy, Ralph Hassan I That was wrong. I know. That's okay though. 18th with Southampton when he left. Obviously we had Nathan Jones as the manager who replaced him and we had him as the most fair second of the season. Again, what did Southampton expect? You just went out and you bought all these young players who, granted, are very good. But this should have been the expectation all season. So if you didn't think Ralph was going to be the man to take you forward, then why not just get rid of him in the summer? I didn't think this was very fair. I think he's actually a pretty good manager. By the sounds of it, a lot of the fans didn't mind him too. So, yeah, didn't like that one. He'll be He'll get a job again soon. And obviously, number one, Thomas Tuchel. Now, I was never really a massive fan of Tuchel, but he's a, he won the Champions League. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Like, he's now obviously at Bayern Munich, who, funnily enough, just got knocked out the cup the other night. But you get him, you have him, sorry. And I know there was kind of some f- 
friction between him and the owners, or the owner, sorry, Todd Bowley, and transfers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Tuchel should still be the manager of Chelsea now. Would he be better than 11th? 100 million percent. They would be higher than 11th in the premiership right now. If Tuchel was there, I think you give it the season. If it doesn't work out, you move on from each other. I do have a feeling there was more behind the scenes stuff that went on that obviously we won't know about in the general public. But Thomas Tuchel is number one on my list for the most unfair sacking of the season. If you have anything different, let me know. Let me know. Last thing we'll talk about, and then I'm going to run because I have to go to the bathroom. How about Bolton Wanderers winning the Papa John's Trophy 4-0 against Plymouth Argyle? This is absolutely amazing considering where this club has been. Hours away from extinction with just poor, poor ownership. And now we've just got, it's just fantastic. And I was, I was, uh, over the moon to see them even in the final. And I have a lot of friends, obviously, from England who who went to the final at Wembley, and I wish I could have been there too. But we beat Plymouth Argyle 4-0, lifted the Papa John's trophy. I believe that was the last trophy outside of a playoff trophy that Bolton won. They did go to the League Cup final in 2004 when they lost 2-1 to Middlesbrough. Kevin Davis scored a penalty on that day. Bolo Zenden scored for Middlesbrough and... Um, I can't remember his first name, but I believe he was a Cameroon striker called Job. It's pretty good back then. Mendieta was on Middlesbrough. 2004, good times. So just really proud to be a Bolton Wanderers fan on Sunday and watching them lift that trophy. And just cool. Just very cool. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. So hopefully they can keep pushing up League One and think Hormag promotion is probably out of the window for now, uh, playoffs is probably where we want to be. So hopefully we can get back to Wembley the end of May, mid-May, whenever it is, and head up to the championship. So there you go. Bolton Wanderers on the rise, people. But that's all I got for everyone today. 35 minutes-ish. It's a nice one. So there you go. Head over to Betway if you're looking to make some bets this weekend. Always please bet responsibly in 19+. plus. Lots of good stuff over there. So go check that out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you on the Flippity Flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.